What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to Cogitations. Today's episode is a rerun episode. We're so thankful that you tuned in. We hope that you would give us a like, subscribe, and share. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and anywhere you listen to your podcast. This is a throwback to the days of long ago, whenever Brock Kendall, Aaron Dotson, and myself would meet weekly in Bay, Arkansas, and we would talk about the Bible. It's the We Talk Truth podcast. Hopefully you enjoy this. Thank you and God bless. All right, this is Tony Brewer, Brock Kendall, and Aaron Dotson, and this is the We Talk Truth podcast. Uh, we're learning as we go. We've got the sound tweaked a little bit differently. Who knows whether it'll work? Who knows whether this will be broadcast quality? I do not know, but the conversation will be good. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about ascertaining Bible authority, and my plans were actually to go through and and look at scriptural examples of um, of of the the four test of, of, of Bible authority, the four ways of uh, avenues, I call them, of ascertaining Bible authority. Um, so I'm not going to do that this week. I actually want to have a, 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 the show next week looking at those four things. I think that, I think it would be better this week to talk about who's authoritative in the Bible because a lot of people miss that. And, and what, what got me to thinking is my wife is teaching a class that, um, has turned into new to a new converts class. Um, but it was a, it was just a basic Bible principles class for uh, some women that was attending here. But now since she started that, they've all obeyed the gospel. So now it's a new converts class. <laughs> the lady that was baptized yesterday. <laughs> yeah. She, because of that class. Something um, I'm doing on Sunday mornings. Uh, yes. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Um, in fact, they're, they, these women are excited, man, and, and they can hardly see. And I've got them coming from Christian family bookstore in Knoxville. Not Knoxville, help me out. Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Uh, some giant print Bible so they can read. They got they got so excited. That gets, I, gets them excited. I think the I think the words in this Bible is about that tall. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. but it's gonna have their name on it, stuff that like is that. Wonderful. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm happy. Where was that? What were we? I'm, I've lost. We we shoom. You said you weren't gonna do the four things yeah. do that next time. So, Today, who is authoritative? Who is authoritative? So y'all, we gotta listen to Jesus. That's right. And we got to listen to Jesus. And the reason I want to have this this episode today about that is because I think sometimes we, especially preachers, take for granted these fundamental truths that everybody knows them. But these women in this class didn't understand that there was a New Testament and an Old Testament and didn't know how to find Genesis and didn't know that the big number was the chapter and the little number was the verse. Yeah. So that made me kind that's, of, although it's very basic, very important. Absolutely, and it and it made me rethink my like. Well, let's let's instead of Take starting, it yes, instead of starting down the road where we're looking at, you know, uh, the commands and explicit statements and um, and examples and and, and and implicit statements. Let's let's just look at let's just look at who's in charge now. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so I don't have anything set up. We do that often. We assume that our audience knows certain That's things. very dangerous to assume things of ourselves, too. Yeah. Of ourselves. Yeah. We all, were, y'all went to the same school that I did. And um, I believe that y'all probably heard Keith Moser say that the, the most misunderstood and but the most important page in the Bible sometimes mm. when it comes to understanding what the Bible says. Is the blank page. Is a blank page in the middle of the Testaments here. Right, you have a blank. I don't even know if I have an actual blank page, but I know what you. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Anyway. Yeah, so there's that pop again. Now y'all, y'all didn't do that. It's weird. Y'all did not do that. No, I, I'm. Yeah. I got a ghost in the machine or something. So Can anyway, invite him in or tell him to get out. I don't know. Get uh-huh. out. There's there's a song. Well, the gospel's for all. Come on in. Sure enough, <laughs> there's, there's there's a song that, that has a line that says, "Admit the heavenly guest," <laughs> and uh, I don't I don't. I don't sing that verse yeah. because I'm not the word guest when that song was written meant ghost. And that, that's why we have ghost and guest are interchangeable. The word Holy ghost in the King James ghost just means guest. guest holy guest. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. So, uh, I want to start off with the Mount. No, I don't No, I don't. I want to start there second, but I want to start first. Matthew See? three. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Well, Matthew we, three seems that's I, just, I me. think we ought to go to Deuteronomy. 
Oh, okay. Deuteronomy 18. Yes. Hear this prophet. I guarantee. And not only hear him. Well, that you know, so that's the idea, right? That is a good passage to start. You could actually start in Genesis 3.15 almost, you know. <laughs> you, could. you could. All right, let me get over here. My yes, little. I love this passage. I had too much going on in my head. I couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't even function. So Deuteronomy chapter 18, starting in verse 15. I'm just going to read through the end of the chapter. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him shall ye hearken, according to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the, word, the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see his great fire any more, that I die not. And the Lord said unto me, They have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, talking to Moses. And I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. But the prophet which shall presume to speak in my speak a word in my name, rather, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, now this is the this is the thing we need to pay most attention to, and if thou shalt say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. And and I think that idea of be afraid of him, you, you ought not to be scared of him, and you not ought not to fear and revere him. Yeah. He's not to be respected. Exactly. All right. We got ten folks in the live stream. Y'all, y'all, y'all interject. Talk to us about this prophet. I'm gonna go to the We Talk Truth group and make a watch party. Thanks for joining us. Sure enough, you know we got. You know, go ahead, go ahead bro. <clears throat> well, I was looking for the passage in Luke, where Luke's account Jesus mentioned, I think, to his disciples about kind of parallel to this passage we're reading in Deuteronomy 18, where he said Moses spoke of me. You know, that's proof that this prophet about whom Moses writes in Deuteronomy 18 is Jesus the Christ. You talking about in the New Testament? Yeah, yeah. I think it's Luke 22, 23, 24, somewhere in there where you remember Jesus said Moses spoke of me. I'm that prophet is I the know, idea. Uh, Peter preached that next. And the three. psalm. And right. the psalms mentioned. The psalms. Sure enough. The, the prophets and Moses. So you got the law of Moses, the psalms, and the prophets. You got the entire Old Testament. They all spoke to me. So I'm that prophet that you listen to. Yeah, Acts 3.22, Peter preached that, yes. that the fulfillment was mm-hmm. Jesus, the Lord your God. There's the passages concerning Jesus, and especially in relation to authority, that are just ungetoverable. Well, sure. Jesus is the one you listen to, and then we could establish. After establishing that, we'd go to the apostles and how much authority they hold. The so delegated authority, delegated authority. Yeah, yeah. But Deuteronomy eighteen, so, such a wonderful passage, and it's so it's totally fair and contextual to say that the Israelite people were to be looking for a prophet like Moses, but who would obviously be greater than Moses. Mm-hmm. That sure. would speak. God would put His words in His mouth, and whatever He said, you're supposed to do it. God would require it of them. Absolutely, and I, I think authority, it, authority. Yes, authority. And I, I don't. I think it would be good at this point to look at Hebrews chapter one. Uh, what was that? Does that go through verses one and two? God at sundry times and in diverse manners spoken of the fathers by the prophets, but has in these last days spoken to us by or through His Son. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matthew three. This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm, I'm well, well pleased. Well, I, yeah, yeah. So in my, in whom I'm well pleased, Matthew three. But then Matthew 17 adds the next. Hear ye him. That's the And that's the prophet Moses was speaking of in Deuteronomy 18. And Moses and Elijah appeared on the mountain. Mm-hmm. In essence, God's saying, don't Prominent listen to individual. Moses and Elijah anymore. Listen to my son. That's the right. The authoritative one. That's right. And they were prominent individuals too. They were so, to listen to them yeah. in their time. So I guess we need to understand. Well, first off, I think let's go to Matthew 17. Let's go to Matthew 17. I want to talk about the Mount of Transfiguration a little bit and and exactly the, the not the ramifications, that sounds negative, but the gravity of that situation and what it means. Um, Brock, are you there? I am. Once you, once you read down the, the account through 
through the. It goes through verse thirteen, but I I won't read that far. I could go through about verse verse eight. Yeah, re- read read through where this is my beloved son. Oh, okay. is that all thirteen verses? That's five. That's five. I, I'll read for, okay. through verse five. Okay. <clears throat> and after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, Elijah, talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias, Elijah. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. That's it. So, this is my beloved Son. What's going on here is Peter, James, and John go up to a high mountain apart, and Jesus is transfigured. He shines bright and all that good stuff. And what did Peter do? Peter was very respectful. 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 Um, he said, "Let's. We ought to build three tabernacles." But why did he want to be, build three tabernacles? You know, what? What? What would y'all? In order to worship. Most, in order, yes. You know. So here's the thing: what you're looking at, three, uh, well, actually, two authorities in Peter's life up until that point yeah. was the prophets and Moses. The lawgiver, I guess. The lawgiver. And then, and again, I, and really, they're still under that in, they, in a, in a yes. sense. Well, know? no, they are. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. yeah, you don't have to mitigate that. Right, they're right. under the law, they're of under Moses, that law, yeah, including Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But the idea is, um, so how to frame this? The um, so you have the law and the prophet. Last week, I think I said this, and this is a very general statement, and I realize it's it's probably over general okay so you can poke holes in it but it's I'm, I'm just speaking very general the law of moses was a list of what not to do therefore god sent the prophets to tell you what to do yeah, i remember you talking about that the new testament tells you what to do so you don't need any prophets because if you know what to do by virtue of the fact you know what to do well, just don't do anything that's not that. Mm-hmm. So, just like you were doing you know, in life in general, you know what yeah, not to do. Yeah. yeah. So, what, what's your favorite pizza? Right. You know, what, what pizza do you want cheese. from the I pizza store? I want cheese. So, you want a cheese pizza? That's it. So, if I bring it back to with pepperonis on it, I've no. transgressed. You don't have to tell me not to put pepperonis you on. Went it. beyond what I told you to do. Exactly. Yeah. But if 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 you may, if I write a commandment. Brock, I, I'm, I'm, if you write a commandment, Brock, I'm going to the pizza store. Okay, well, thou shalt not get a pepperoni pizza. Well, there's a lot of things you could get. There's a lot of things I could get. So, so you yeah. need to be more specific. Mm-hmm. So, he, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. go ahead. Well, it comes down to it's not necessarily for most people. It's not necessarily the idea of Jesus having authority or not having authority. It's about respecting His authority too. It sounds like. Well, to now, me. That, now you got that right. Respecting and, Him and yeah. why we obey Him. Why we listen to him, and we never look for exceptions. Yeah, because and we love our we love our master. That's right. That's sure. Idea. And understanding how he teaches. That's what we're looking at here. We got forty wow. people in the live. That's stream. great. Thanks I'm sorry to us. interrupt y'all. Yeah, thanks for joining us. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, barely count that high. That's great. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we, we, wow. I just looked down. There's forty people. All and, right. And a big when people ask me when people ask me to do math, I'll say. I'll, yeah, sixty six. I guarantee you, forty six now. That's so great. listen, Join please keep. Yeah, keep inviting. I, I was just going to say, not only respecting that authority, but understanding how he teaches. That's why what we're talking about now with Jesus and his authority, and then eventually getting to maybe the next time what Tony mentioned, looking at how the Bible teaches. Is that that one way of describing? Yeah, ascertaining about yeah. right. Uh, the word that comes to mind is rightly dividing the word of truth. Exactly. Yeah, so Bible authority. Well, what so. about this? What about this concept that people use? Just give me Jesus and not his doctrine. You know that oh. con. Well, first of all, I want to know that's very pertinent to what we're talking about. Yeah. How do you know? How do you know anything about Jesus? How do you even know he existed and anything about what he has done for you? Well, I read it in the Bible. 
Yeah. You see, it all falls down to just a lack of respect. Well, yeah. so th- that would be like saying of your earthly dad, and my dad's passed away. That would be like, I want, I want my memories of my dad, but I don't want the, the authority of my dad. I don't my dad, I do things. Okay, so I'm going to, this, this is going to be funny. Y'all going to laugh at this. Feel free. I don't care. Um, laugh with you. I cannot. No, you'll laugh at me over this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, going to, okay, so we, well, I think we have a lot of people from out of country. They might not understand this, but there are these, there are these retail stores, Sam's Club. And in these retail stores, you have a lot of, of, of islands, kiosks in that retail store where they give samples. Mm-hmm. I absolutely cannot take a sample from those. Do you know why? Because I cannot in good faith take one because I'm not interested in purchasing the product. When I was a child, <laughs> when I was a child, my daddy would not let me take from the samples because he said, are you, are you think you're going to buy those? Yeah. Well, no. He said, well, they spend money on those samples to get people to buy them. And if you're not going to buy them, don't eat the sample because you're wasting their money. Well, man, a lie. Sometimes I go to Sam's it, now just, just to just eat lunch. Yeah, as a kid and an adult, you go just because you're hungry, just for the sample. Just to eat really lunch. To, I'm, hungry. Really to buy I'm hungry. Let's go to Sam's. All right. So y'all can go to heaven with that attitude. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but I that okay. So that's my daddy. That's a conviction. That's my that daddy in me. Yeah, that, and and for me to say, well, I want my daddy, but I don't want that. That's like saying I want Jesus and not his doctor. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's the height of foolishness to say that. Yeah, I guarantee it. Yeah, and not, it it really comes down to they have no intention to do right anyway. So I don't know why um, people would get such a what logic what's would would build that idea. What scripture would even hint that? There's nothing. I mean that you can actually have Jesus if you love apart me, from what he keep my commandments. Exactly. John twelve forty eight. He who rejects me and does not receive my words. So you if you reject his words, you're not accepting and you're not you're rejecting him. Yeah. Second John nine through eleven. Yep. Sure enough. Spoken. It's it's uh I can't fathom that, but again, it really comes down to uh, an insincere heart. Yes. Uh, a heart that really is not going to apply God's word anyway and, and so well, so, so, so think about this. Um, all we have of Jesus is his doctrine. Right. Yeah. So how can you take one without the other? Yeah. We fall in love with Jesus because of what he has done, and we know what he has done because we have read about it. Yeah. Sure and enough. what we read about Jesus is doctrine. I mean, yes. You, and, we, no. and we use our logic and common sense as we're reading, and we think about, I don't serve God or Jesus because he's the better alternative, but I think about all the words that Jesus mentioned as compared to what other people are saying. Jesus is just better all the time. Yeah. You know. Well, somebody somebody from East, uh, nope, nope, I'm going to say that wrong. East Cape, South Africa. Anyway, they're from South Africa. They sent me a message wanting, wanting us to do a series or wanting me to do a lesson on the liberty we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I don't understand, like Matthew, you know, the, the great invitation from Matthew chapter 11. Come to, yeah, yeah Matthew, Matthew 28 through 30. Sorry, 28 through 30. I, yeah. Come I'm to down, all you that labor and are heavy, heavy laden, laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my That's yoke it. is easy, my burden is light. That's it. So his, and, and First John chapter 5, um, so the, the thesis of the book the little children, these things I write, write unto to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence we have in him, um, that if we ask anything according to his will, he'll hurt us. We know that we hear him, hear us whatsoever he, we ask. We know that we have petitions that we desired of him. Listen, he is, he is our great comforter. Mm-hmm. And the way he comforts us is he tells us how to live. Mm-hmm. We have a relationship with God through him. Don't we want to go to heaven and spend eternity with God? Then we have to take Jesus, and that implies taking his doctrine as well, because that's all we have of him. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all we have of him. Um, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. How would that? You know, how would that look? I'm going to take Jesus, but not his doctrine. 
how, how would that look? What would that look like? What what would that mean? What would that be? Again, what could, would you get? Again, my question you is, how do you know Jesus? What do you know about Jesus that you haven't read about in the Bible or through his doctrine? Tell me one thing. Well, he's the son of God. Well, that's a doctrinal issue. <laughs> yeah, what well, you only get that from the Bible. That's right. right. You don't get that from the histor- the historical accounts of Jesus secularly. Or think about this. Well, I have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The person that says, give me Jesus, not his doctrine, will say, I have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, that's a doctrinal issue you believe. Well, I have to believe that one. So now we're picking and choosing. I mean, you're just getting yes. a, you're getting it, a Then it's a buffet. Yeah. <laughs> so a, a scripture comes to mind. is we, we mentioned this word, no. I want to know Jesus. I want to know Jesus. Can you prove that you know Jesus? Oh, yeah, because da-da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. First John. First John. Well, First John 2. Oh, I was um, Yeah. And uh, he that saith, I know, or hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. That's doctrine. If we keep his teaching. Yep. He that saith, I know him and knoweth not his, or keepeth not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Y'all, I did a podcast today for the Life and Godliness podcast on making God a liar. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've never thought about that verse the way I thought about it for that that podcast. Yep. You know, we, we make God a liar whenever we think that we don't sin and we we have these hidden things that we don't do that God expects us to do mm-hmm. because on the surface, the Holy Spirit is testifying that we're sons of God, mm-hmm. but we're really not. You know, the passage, if you love me, keep my commandments. Sure. Notice the order there. It's not keep my commandments if you love me. It's if you love me, keep my commandments. So we fall in love with Jesus. And he was speaking to his disciples. Sure. They had to learn to love him. And, and and they grew to love him. And we see that after the day of Pentecost, once he ascended, they went back to Jerusalem after he ascended with joy, Absolutely. happy, worshiping. Why? Because they loved him. They thought it as a good thing. To, to follow after his doctrine. We do as well. We don't just see, Jesus tells me i got to do this and I can't do that. And I, we don't see it like that. We have the privilege to serve our master and obey his commandments because we love him. That's and right. we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his life. We study his life and his death and his resurrection and the great things that he has done. That's what causes Absolutely. us. That's our motivation. That's right. Faith worketh through love, Galatians 5, 6. All right, I, I need some help. I cannot remember. Jesus is the author of eternal life for all them who... Hebrews 5, 8 and 9. Eight and nine. I thought it was Hebrews yeah, yeah. 5. Hey, touch before you get to that reading. Go ahead. John 14, the same context, if you love me. Verse 23, John 14, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. Verse 21, he who does <laughs> not love me does not keep my word. Let's just exactly. have a, let's that's have a explicit, test. Let's have a, that's the acid test right there. Let's, have a, yeah, that's right. let's have a that's three the, question test with ABC there. <laughs> Do you love Jesus? I sure do, but I don't want his doctrine. Okay, let's go to that passage. Yeah, I don't think you have to do what he says. You know. Yeah, I mean, you might as well just close your Bible. It then. should go without arguing that if you're a Christian or if you want to become a Christian, you have to do what Jesus says to do. Well, I, Shouldn't I, even have to argue that. You know? Sure. Tony, you may recall uh, it's almost a year ago where I studied with a, he was a, I don't know if he professed to be an atheist. He was a instructor over at Arkansas State University. Do you remember this fellow? I had a study with him at Chick-fil-A as it turned into like two studies. But basically he has a a church in this area that, you know, you just bring your own doctrine. Everybody, they just bring their own doctrine and choose the best kind of, kind of idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jesus doesn't have it that way. No. You see, Jesus doesn't say, guys, you know, I, I'm I'm just better. I'm the better alternative. Choose me. I'm an honest rabbi. Yeah, I'm an, follow me. Yeah, my I'm the, I'm are the good. best. You see, Jesus doesn't have it that way. And and I think about that passage you're mentioning. Jesus saying, "Listen, it, I'm yeah. not going to have it either way." You having something on your mind though? Go ahead. I, I hope I, I didn't I've interrupt. I hope I didn't he interrupt. He was going it. to Hebrews five, and I was trying to throw that verse in there. Yeah, and then I, what you yeah. said. I mean, Hebrews I'm five. Gonna, Hebrews five. That's just, see what I, Paul had I, to say. I don't know if I want to leave that just yet. That's so. So what you just oops. Sorry, Mike. Uh, proves the point. What he's that, yeah. About. So what you're discussing, what you're bringing <laughs> forth, is this idea. Um, man, I had that mic set perfect. And I yeah, had to whack yeah, it. That's um, what you're talking about is this idea of the emergent church. Yeah. Oh, and and, and I've heard uh, I've heard several prominent members of the Brotherhood speak on this because it's it's kind of like the Moonies were back in the '70s. It's kind of sweeping 
the nation, of course, there are not many Moonies around. Those of you who are in the audience that are older will know what I'm talking about. I actually had a run-in with a Mooney in Memphis, and he was the progeny of one of these mass weddings. This guy, um, I can't remember his name, but his last name was Moon. He he would he would grab a bunch of people, and, and there'd be three or 4,000 people, and he'd have a mass wedding, and they've never known each other. He would assign you your husband or, or wife. And this kid that I talked to was the progeny of one of those unions. Anyway, so this emergent church, yeah, there's there, there's only one best, and that's Jesus. Ted Knight's in the watch party along with Robert Glass and several others. But, um, yeah, there's only one best, and that's Jesus. But this idea of the emergent church, uh, so you can come if you're, if you're a Wiccan, if you're a Muslim, if you're an atheist, we don't judge. If you're, we don't judge, and and you have something to offer us. <laughs> well, well, I, <laughs> that's becoming more and more prominent. Idea. Yes, and that's that's in you find that in the Baptist churches. I mean, you find that in the Lord's church in some cases. The the only sin, and and this is so. Whenever I whenever I first started on Facebook, there's a group of of men and they're scholars that that if you don't give credence. And, and and respect to every scholarly endeavor, every every scholarly theory, then you're intolerant and you're not Christ-like. Listen, I'm sorry. I don't have to give credence to or any kind of respect to things that we know were blatantly false. Mm-hmm. You know, like like there's a man that wrote a book about homosexuality um, through, through the book of Matthew and, and took the position that it wasn't sin per se. And I'm like, I don't have to read that book. Yeah. I don't have to know his viewpoint. Homosexuality, a practicing homosexual, cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. He is in sin. That well, now Tony, you, you know, you really need to to, to respect that man's uh, scholarly position and read his book and see what he has to say. Why he's going to be in torment if he yeah. doesn't repent? I yeah. mean, that's the. I mean, you have to think of it that way. Yeah, and, I know everything I need to know about him. Right. Uh, Human wisdom says, but Tony, you need to listen. At least give him a chance. Listen to his book. Yeah. Get his book. See what he says. Hear him out. Well, I, I gave you him know, a chance. You know. And then he said, homosexuality might not be sin. All right, you're done. Yeah. You know, I, th- yeah. I think about Paul's sermon in Athens, Greece. You know, he's he's not speaking to, he's speaking to people who do not believe in the one true God. You know, there's two superstitions. And if you just think about the order of Remind his, me to make a thought. If you think about the organization of his sermon, you know, God's the creator of the universe. He's the sustainer of your souls. He's the father of all mankind. He lays it out. But by the way, he's going to judge you. His son's going to judge you. So yes, yes, he is a great God, but he's not the best. He's not only is he the best, but you're going to be judged by this God. These other gods are not. So you have to lay the gauntlet down. I I guess you could say towards the end of that sermon, that's what Paul did. I've laid the evidence out. Here it is. But by the way, these times of ignorance... God winked at, but he yeah. commands every man to repent now. I guarantee it. So I the had resurrection's a, proof of that. I had a quote. I had a I had a repeatable quote from a thought. So Peter, or Paul rather, on the on Mars Hill, started from the standpoint. No, Peter started with the understanding that the message is inspired. Acts chapter two. Mm-hmm. Paul started from the standpoint of from the one who inspired the message. Because those people were in two. Say that one more time. All right, I don't know if I can. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> they started with Peter Peter started from the from the vantage point or from the viewpoint that Peter Peter started with the viewpoint that the message is inspired. Yeah. Okay. Paul started from the 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 viewpoint or from the from the understanding of the 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 one who inspired the message. All right. I understand. But Paul, P- Peter didn't have to start with God who created the heavens and the earth. He's talking to Jews who believe in the one true God. Belief, which, which gets us back to authority, really. So we, yeah. we've come full circle. So we, we've had a good little rabbit trail through the woods, yeah. and we're right back to authority. Mm-hmm. Paul had to appeal to the authority of the creator of the universe. Peter did not because mm-hmm. the different authority, setting. different yeah. setting. Yeah. He didn't have to appeal to the authority of God the authority of God was already well understood, and he had yeah. to prove that this man, Jesus, was ordained yeah. of God. Yeah, yeah. he and, met them on their turf. Every, every yeah. We need and, to know how to do that. perhaps if Paul had started that way in Athens, he wouldn't have had any success. No, they I, just said it. I, I preached on this it. yesterday. Yeah. Why, so I, I didn't mean to, 
I preached on this yesterday is why it's so I'm familiar with it right now. And, and I mentioned how sometimes we start in the wrong places. We, Hey, the Bible says you need to do this. Jesus said you need to, well, who's Jesus? You know, I, I mean, what, give me the reason why that's, I want to serve Jesus. That's, that's why we're doing this podcast yeah. today about who's yeah. the authority. Yeah, the, and we want you to respect, we want you to respect the man. Yes. who's in a, in charge if you will and you, got it. and you and we have we have a wonderful we have wonderful accounts that cause us to be motivated to to follow this man that we listen to we don't just jump in and say oh we got to listen to him sure we have a reason why sure all right let's go to my hebrews verse oh, hebrews i mean five, been eight, sitting five, on this yeah and being made perfect he became the author of eternal salvation Unto all them that believe that he's the son of God. Y'all okay with that? I'm not, no. Not in y'all's Bible? No. Not in mine either. I lied. Yeah. Uh, to all him that obey him. Now, that gets right back to authority. If, if you love me, keep my commandments. In John 14, 15. John 15, 14. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Command you. Yeah. I couldn't remember yeah. the verbiage there. Yeah. So the, the idea is, is we... We listen to Jesus, and there's no way for us to come to God through Jesus unless we do what the man who was God on earth or the God who was man on earth or the God who is man now, however you want to describe him, there's no way for us to do right without doing what Jesus said to do. Well, no Peter one, knew no that. No one comes to the Father but, except by me. Peter said, to whom shall I go? Thou hast the words. Of eternal life. He knew that he couldn't just have Jesus and not his doctrine. Had his good words. point. He knew good he had point. to have both. John 6, 6, 6 yeah. It is the yeah. spirit that quickeneth. Yeah. Yeah. The flesh profits nothing. Yeah. But here's, the words that I said, they are spirit and they, they are, are life. life. So that's right. Here's a good one. Psalm 19, I think it's verse 6 or verse 7. Um, so we all, we're all familiar with the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. Yeah, and right. we, we go there and say, look, you know, you can look at the creation and, and ascertain God's existence. But look at verse 7. It is verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Are you a simple person? Which a simple person is, we don't need to get into Bible definitions. We just don't want to be simple. We want to be wise, obviously. Do you want to be wise? Then you've got to follow the law of the Lord. you got to let the law of the Lord work on you. Who's the Lord? Well, in, in this dispensation of time, it was God for the law of Moses. It was God. In our dispensation of time, who is that prophet unto, unto whom we must hearken? Christ. That's right. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So there's going to be a lot of people on judgment day say, Jesus, I loved you. You know that, right? We well, do the will of my Father. The passage that we started with, if you're by chance just joining us with uh, Deuteronomy 18, 18, establishing that the Old Testament foretold that there would come one who would be like Moses but would be greater. God would put sure. his words in his mouth and you had to hear him. I want to tie in another passage, John 3, when John the baptizer is exalting Christ. He says what he has seen and heard, at that he testifies. Verse uh, 34, for he, this is after he said, he must increase and I must decrease. He's speaking of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. He says in verse 34, for he who God for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God. So you're dealing with a passage about authority and inspiration. For mm-hmm. God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son, has given all things into his hand. Absolutely. He who believes, so this is speaking of his authority. Uh, that So he speaks the words of God. That's a very this good is point. another passage which is showing the fulfillment of Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 18 very in good Christ. Point. That's very good. You know what? I'll say this. We want to appeal to the highest authority. So if there was somebody over Jesus, uh-oh. That's my bad. I, I, knew, so, I knew I I just had to do it. Think of it like this. If there was somebody over Jesus, then we would listen to that one. Moses was an authoritative figure. Mm-hmm. They had to listen to Moses. He was the lawgiver. But there's going to be somebody better. Jesus is better. Now, who's going to be better than Jesus? Well, God makes it very clear. No one will ever be better than my son, Jesus. He is the final authority. So that is why we listen to Jesus. Right. If we're waiting on someone, if, if there was someone else to, that was predicted to come, this would be a different conversation. Jesus is the final authority. He will be the one before whom we stand on the judgment day, right. period, blank, bottom line, and will be judged by his, there's another, 
Wise words, John sure. twelve forty eight, Matthew twenty eight eighteen to twenty. How do you get over All that? All authority yeah. has been given to him. Listen, if you want All. Jesus and not his doctrine, you're not going to go to heaven. Yes, period. I, From I mean, the, we we've given an over over abundant amount of scripture. So, which I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's a good segue. Uh, because remember the, the the very first statement that we talked about, the most important page in the Bible, or the most. I miss I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm the most misunderstood. misunderstood page in the Bible, yeah. the most important page in the Bible. <laughs> so there's nothing on that page. <laughs> yeah, it's like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just said that the words don't compute. Well, let's see what it says. Yeah, let's see what it says. So the most misunderstood page in the Bible is a blank page between the Testaments mm-hmm. with authority. How do I know that I don't go back here to? How do I know that I don't go back here to Leviticus? And is this does this apply to me? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and saying to them, When a man shall make a singular vow, the person shall be for the Lord by the estimation, and thy estimation shall be of the male from twenty years old, even to sixty years old, even thy estimation shall be fifty shekels of silver after the shekel of the sanctuary. And if the female then do you understand? How do I know that's not for me? For one, Deuteronomy eighteen, where we just started, there'd be a greater prophet. God began words. Where does that take place? And he and I both you have you have, were go open ahead. to Jeremiah thirty two. I think it's real important that we acknowledge that the Jeremiah old 32. covenant does depicted and foretold its own demise, sure. its own fulfillment. Isn't that uh, something? The old covenant right, said, right. I and that's very gonna... important because there are modern day so called Jews who say, No, that's Christian that's Christianology. That's a Christian interpretation of the Old Testament that the new would be a fulfillment of the old. No, the old said it would have a demise. It would have a new to come that would fulfill and it wouldn't be like the old. Read Jeremiah it says that. Too. Jeremiah 31, 31, 34. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more and he goes on further but those are the ones we're most familiar with as he's speaking of times to come so at that point we're looking for something better yes now what what Aaron just read would I be right to assume that you could go right to the New Testament and find where it's quoted if absolutely. it's a, if it's a fulfillment in the New Testament, yeah, sure. Absolutely. There's a passage in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter, chapter eight. eight. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So Hebrews wow. chapter eight. Um, I mean, that just can, yeah. Can you? I'm 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 gonna I'm I'm looking at something here. Won't, won't one of y'all go there and read that account? So Jeremiah in Hebrews chapter never eight. met Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Yeah. He never met personally met the Hebrews writer, yeah, which was this Paul. Is, yeah, Hebrews writer. Right. Right. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, he another, never met Paul. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's another episode. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So my point is, is just that this is not. This is not just Christian doctrine. This is not something that Christians came up with later on. It is part of Christian doctrine. It is the new covenant. Don't get me wrong. But, right. but Christians didn't come along and think, hey, I found a verse that proves what we already believe. That's not the way it was. Well, shall God we, told the Israelite prophets, this is going to happen. That's right. Go ahead shall with, I, you want me to read go ahead, verse 8? Yes. Yeah, yeah, do that. All right. Uh, beginning in verse, we'll start in verse 8. For finding fault with them, he saith, behold. The days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. That's Exodus 20. Because that, because they continue not in my covenant and regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws into their minds into their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people and they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying know the Lord for all shall know me from the least to the greatest for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more and that he saith a new covenant he hath made the first old now which now that which decayeth and waxeth 
old is ready to vanish away. Well, there's, that's it. What do you do with that? Yeah. But you know, I, when you when it comes down to who do we listen to today, I still think the strongest argument is the Father Himself said in in Matthew eight. You've got a lot of witnesses. You've got Moses, God yep. through Moses with Deuteronomy. There'll be a I another. About, pro- I didn't think about that passage. Been, what is that? John six. Them another prophet. Yeah, and then you've got the one we mentioned, like Jeremiah 31, God through the prophet Jeremiah saying, and then you've got like John the baptizer that I mentioned in John 3, remember? Somebody comes along. John saying, he will increase, I will decrease. Yeah. God gives him, and he speaks the words of God. Well, it can, mm-hmm. It's kind of like this. All right, well, I'm concerned about what the Father in heaven says, the creator of the universe. Okay, he said, hear ye him. That's right. Sure enough. All right, and then we go over to Acts chapter 1, and we, and we could just continue this discussion where the you know, we have delegated authority given to the apostles. I'm going to give you the comforter, uh, the Holy Spirit. You wait in Jerusalem, tarry in Jerusalem until you're due with power on high. They received it. Everything they said came from Jesus. I mean, we're talking about things that you just cannot get over. You've got to, you've got to either accept or reject. I mean, there's really no other way. There's no indifference here. Well, so, you know, you've got John 5, 19, verily, very last saying the son can do nothing but what he sees of the father. Uh, John twelve forty nine, which is right after the, you know, he that rejecteth my words hath one that judges him in the last day. The words that I will spoken, the same was going to judge him. The verse forty nine says, "I've not spoken of myself, but what my Father has spoken." Yeah. And then um, I want to I want to draw this little golden thread quickly that I I love this little little tidbit because it, it's a little abstract. I'm not abstract, but it's a little. Or um, most people just don't. Put, this, put these two together. So when Moses went up on Mount Sinai, because, and, and, and I, I'm open to correction, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assert that because he was in the presence of God, that his face shone. And I think I can make a good case from Scripture. But regardless, his face was shining, so much so that they put a veil on it. All right? Uh, Exodus 34, 35. And the children of Israel saw that the face of Moses saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, and Moses put a veil upon his face again until he went in to speak with him, all right? Now, when you flip over, Paul mentions this in first in 2 Corinthians chapter yeah, 3, three. Yeah. and we know the significance of it and why they put a veil, all right? And uh, verse 12 of chapter 3, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech and not as Moses, which put a veil over his face for the purpose that that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Moses' face, the glory of God leaving the face of Moses was symbolic of the glory of God leaving the law of Moses And it's coming to an end. Yes. And the idea, somebody might come along and say, well, that's your interpretation. No, that's what, that's what Paul wrote. Here Paul wrote that. Three. Now, these people understood. Evidently, what Paul said is they put a veil on it because the leadership during that time understood that the people could ascertain that this glory was fading. And, and, they, and, they, could make, and they could put two and two together. That means the glory of this law is going to fade. Mm-hmm. And look at it. It is abolished. It is done, and that word abolished means to render idle, all right? So the idea there is during the time at which Paul wrote Second Corinthians, no more old law. Yeah. We're not under that old law. Yeah. Again, just another way, to, like how, how do you, you know, so is, is there, can we use mechanical instruments of music and worship to God? You can't go to the Old Testament to get your authority. No matter what it, I mean, we people bring up drinking, social drinking. People sure. bring up mechanical instruments. People bring up this and that. Pla- pla- conditions of salvation. Exactly. Anything, anything and everything. Worship, salvation, what to but, do, what not okay, to do. Tony, on that veil deal, yeah. correct me here, but their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains and unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, so God took away the veil. Yeah. He let that glow mm-hmm. die out. And let him see it die out. Right. A veil, but a, but in, in Christ's time, the ones that were rejecting him and knew better, a veil lies on their heart. Sure. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So they kept trying to put the veil there. They kept trying <laughs> to bring the glow that had gone out away. 
Yes. Yeah, so they kept, trying, they kept getting a fat flashlight and bringing it back. Yes, like, yeah, no, they, it's gone. They, they wanted to deal with that old law that you oh, give us the old law and just put a veil so we can't see the fact that it doesn't shine. Yep. That, that's that, that's powerful. In Romans yeah. 7, he said, You don't Huge. want that back. No, no, There's no, no justification under the old law. You that's don't it. want that. that, that, that it went away. The brightness yeah. of it went away to show you the, the yep. authoritative power of it has gone away. And look at how Paul dealt with himself under the old law. Wretched sure. man that I am. I'm not justified outside of Christ. You've married to another. You died dead to the old law, Romans 7, 4. You got that Incidentally, right. Romans 5, 1, therefore, we being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Yes. Well, where is it found? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want Jesus, but I don't want what he said. That's the only thing we have, the knowledge we have of Jesus right. is his words. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's it's ungetoverable. And yeah. so, in the last few minutes, it's 1047, and we got the preacher's luncheon. I want to get there and all that. Romans 15, 4. Some people say, well, whatsoever things were written aforetime or written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So a couple of things are said. Number one, um, number one, most people, uh, most people, I, I shouldn't make generality like that. Many people say, well, you folks in the, in the, in, in the, that claim to be members of the church of Christ, y'all don't believe in the old Testament. Well, no, we do. It is for our learning that for the purpose that we, through patience and the comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Yeah. It really fleshes out the New Testament. I mean, I can't, I can't really take one without the other. But my authority doesn't go there. Now, right. the other side of that is they'll say, "Well, look, Romans fifteen four. So that that we were told that they had harps and and David played the harp and and all these singers sang with instruments." And and so look, it's written for our learning, so we can learn that we can have harps and instruments. Sorry, I didn't get through that without well, then laughing. There's a contradiction yeah. all over the place in the, in the scriptures. Sure. Well, what that? Okay, so I'm glad you said that. What that would mean is we would be pitting easily understood passages of scripture from the Old Testament against easily understood passages of scripture from we're the New Testament. Setting God against Himself. Yes. And we're having God. Con- the idea is he is not contradicting himself. We are contradicting ourselves. We're missing it. And uh, that, that's a, that's interesting. That's just an interesting thought to me. You it, know? it could also include the idea or involve the idea that we're assuming that God would want the same thing under the new covenant that he did under the old. Sure. Like yeah. when it comes to particulars of what's acceptable worship under this new and spiritual covenant. Very covenant well. Christ. You, you know, you can think like this too. It's disrespectful to Jesus. I mean, your Savior, the one who died for your sins and rose from the dead and executed our salvation wonderfully and perfectly. Because when we appeal to Moses, Elijah, any of the prophets for authority to do something, it's yeah. basically like a slap in the face of the master. We're saying, I just and you can just see Jesus saying this is disrespectful. You know, you're disrespecting me. You want to pick and choose. You want to, but but I'm better. Everything that evolves around me and the salvation that I have brought to the world is better. Hebrews sets forth that very vividly. So yeah. it's something that we have to think about. Absolutely. And, and I'm glad we had this episode today because, you know, I when I if I'm teaching. Bible authority. I never just start with, here's what God said, this is what you do. I always start with a motivation to do what God said. So we're setting the motivation. Sure. And I think about Paul's writings to the church at Galatia, Galatia five, six, Galatians 5, 6. A faith which worketh through love. So the idea is we have a trust system based upon our love for God and Jesus. And to, Absolutely. To me, it, goes, it all goes back. It could be argued all the way back to the creation. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. You, even if you want to discuss with an atheist or an unbeliever, yeah. then you go back that far. If yeah. they don't believe in the Bible, okay, let's go back to the beginning. How did yeah. it start? And yeah. people, they always argue, you just want to just follow this book that gives you a whole bunch of cans and it just limits you. No, you I, just lo- go, I, mean, I love the me, master. the most fundamental, basic, basic is all get out is the creation. Like what yeah. Tony mentioned a minute ago, Psalm 19. For hey. a lot of people now, you, you have to start there. You have to start with, what is most logical? What go, what what conclusions can we reasonably draw from the evidence that is available? Okay, let me ask you this: That's if, logic. If you had if you had the opportunity to preach in front of atheists, agnostics, skeptics, infidels, denominationalists, all of these individuals, what would you start at? I mean, what you, what, what you could what not would be go your... wrong with the foundation of 
No. The power of God and his authority and creation. Yeah. How we got here. And then your second sermon would be most likely the Bible. inspiration of the Bible. There yes. You know, it would never yes. be, it would not be. Jesus, Jesus wants you to. Jesus said, be baptized for mission. Because they're like, who, who, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. yeah if you start out with quoting the Why Bible. Why do I want to do right, that? Walk up know. to the water and. Yes. What? Yes. Well, that don't make any sense. You know, or just quoting the Bible. For Christians, yeah. that means everything. Yes. But for atheists, it means nothing. Well, can you doubt? You know, them? I mean, can you doubt them oh, for for saying? No, that doesn't mean so we should ever use it. I'm sure, just, uh, there's a time and a place, but you can yeah. begin with. That's right. Go ahead. So, yeah. so I, I made a post in the We Talk Truth. Incidentally, there's 27 here now, uh, but we had 40 for the majority of yeah. our time. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I derailed me. <laughs> Post in the We Talk Truth group. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Not as sharp as I used to be. Post in the We Talk Truth group about uh, arguing morality. There is a logical fallacy. So we, if we were in a debate with an atheist, we would never allow him to appeal to a, to a scientific textbook that says evolution is a viable uh, explanation for the origin of species. Why do we think he would put up with us appealing to a religious textbook that says creation is a viable explanation for the origin of species? Written by God. We need to go like this if we're debating an atheist. We just need to use logic and we need to use reason. Th- this is a skill that we need to hone as Christians. Now, I'm not saying that the Bible is worthless. I'm not saying that We're not disparaging the Bible, but we need to take a lesson from the Apostle Paul who, and I've got a a lesson that that I break down Paul's sermon on Mars Hill, and I think there's five logical arguments for the existence of God from his Mars Hill discourse. It's the cosmological argument, the ontological argument, the teleological argument, the aesthetic argument, and the argument of religion. You know, those five things are in his sermon. He, he did not start with, you need to listen to me because I'm an apostle. Who, who cares if you're an apostle? Mm-hmm. You know, It's very ironic that you mentioned that because as I, as I said yesterday, my I think it was my fifth sermon on a series of sermons I'm doing on Christian evidences. I exegeted really and made application from Acts 17. And I mentioned, I said, we need to think about all the sermons leading up to Acts 17. Peter, right. Peter preaching to believers in one God. Even Cornelius was an exception. He was a God-fearer. He believed in the one God. But Paul started where they were. He started where they were at. And he even validated them in a sense. You guys are too religious and too superstitious. This unknown God, you admit your ignorance. Absolutely. Let me, from from the standpoint of creation, let me break down this God. And you know more was said most likely, but the main points are right there in that sermon. Before he he ever appeals to the authority of Jesus. He didn't appeal to his own education. No, no and he could have. And now argue me, uh, Tony, like you, like if you were, if, like if you were an atheist, I, you know mm-hmm. what? He didn't appeal to his education. It seems to me, and maybe I'm missing a, a piece of the pie, but it seems like a lot of atheism boils around um, mm-hmm. earthly wisdom and education it and does. wisdom and boasting in self. That and when people like us get in circles with people like that, we'll be written off immediately because we don't have the same degree they do. That's it. There's something to that. I don't know if I'm missing something. Why was Paul? Maybe you could add something to that. I mean, the Epicureans and the Stoics were sharp. Well, in their minds, but Paul didn't even appeal to his. No, that wasn't. So do y'all know? um, Y'all have heard of Brad Harib? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You understand he has a PhD in something or another microbiology. I think a whole bunch of stuff. So the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, and and and, um, I correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he got his PhD from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. At one time, they were talking about um, rescinding, taking away his PhD because they figured out what he was using it for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's so the thing. You know what they can't do? What? They can't take away the knowledge in his head. That's right. Take my PhD, but I still know what I know. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, That's why I don't like it. I mean, you guys are the same way. I mean, these these common people in these pews, and they're trying to hear the gospel and want to know about Jesus. The last thing they care about when you're being introduced is where you've been educated at. I, people, I've been in, I've been <laughs> in gospel media. They'll say, hey, yeah. uh, can you, uh, I need an introduction for you. What, what can I say? My name's Brock Kendall, I, I'm and a I'm a Christian. Preacher. I want to go to he- I'm, I want to go to heaven, and yeah. I'm here to preach this passage. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. 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 It is a, it's, it's something to think about. 
I really think we've laid a good foundation today. Yeah, ne- yeah. Next week we're going to talk more. We're going to look at some. Next week is going to be real nuts and bolts. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna look at some passages of scripture and and figure out how to you know like is this authoritative to us? Is this not? Um, Do we want to make a comment on delegated authority? We've talked a lot about Christ and His authority, but just I mean, we can. I just don't know I, if we have enough time. No, we really don't. We don't. Think. But I just thought it it's a segue into the nuts and bolts. I think and maybe wrong there, but it's God. I guess Christ. if you want to sum it up in one passage, it'd be 1 Corinthians 14, 37. Yeah. Where Paul said, if any man think him to be spiritual or a prophet, let him acknowledge the things that I say unto you are the commandments of God, sure. of the Lord. Sure. Um, Absolutely. And pastor like 2 Corinthians 12, 12, the signs of an apostle. You know, yeah. Mean, yeah. The, 1 Corinthians the one, 2. The, yeah, the miracles, signs, and wonders, the validation that, that they were teaching the things of God. I mean, anybody can say they're teaching the things of God, but they yeah. they put it, that's that's where the rubber yeah. meets the road. And I'll tell they you a good thing. I'll tell you something we don't think about a lot. I mean, other than the fact that the Bible says what the apostles are saying are from God. Um, sure. Think about passages like, I want to know just one passage where any of the New Testament writers ever focus on themselves at all and any wise. Never. I mean, their focus is either Jesus, be like Jesus, or this is what you do. And by the way, I've done this too, but here's what you yeah. need to do. Yeah. It never focus on the self, well, ever. He, Paul, Paul probably came the closest because he was under so much scrutiny. Yeah. yeah. He and talked he, about himself a lot. Yeah. But again, it was because he was given a defense. And in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he said, you imitate me as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing something that's not an imitation of Christ, you don't imitate so that. So he's saying... He's explaining why they're to imitate him before he yeah. gets because this, I'm following Christ, before, not because exactly. I'm the sinless example. Exactly. Before yep. he gets on this discourse of what he's been through, yep. you know, it's interesting. Yeah, Second Corinthians eleven, yeah, where he gets well, into. Yeah. And I'm thinking about First Corinthians eleven. Yeah, okay, Second Corinthians 11, eleven, he gets up. into all the things that he suffered yeah. or some of the things. Yeah, anyway, so ignore what I said. First Corinthians eleven one right. is a passage you're talking. I think about, about Jesus sending out the seventy. You know, Luke ten sixteen. He who hears you hears me. Yes, that's that's a divine ambassador. They and it boils down yeah. true ambassadors. It boils down to yeah. Romans chapter one, two with these folks. I mean, when people say, Give me Jesus, not their doctrine, it boils down to I want to do what I want to do. I want to please myself and gratify myself. I don't want Jesus. I don't even want Jesus, really, is yeah. what they're saying. Sure. So I just want to make sure I clear my conscience by being a churchgoer and a Jesus out of my mouth sayer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that can yeah. tie into what we've talked into in, about the in the past that's such a vital subject. What about Paul? What about his writings? Well, sure. Paul to liberal theologians and so forth. Well, Paul was a Paul was a, a, a woman hater, and he didn't understand, and et cetera, and he wasn't inspired of God. That's why he wrote such things about himself as he was inspired by God. Yeah. He's defending his apostleship. He does have the authority of Christ, et cetera. Absolutely. And when Jesus said, he who hears you hears me, and I'm going to give you all truth, John 16, 13, directly to the apostles. So when Paul wrote, he was speaking what Jesus right. said. We, when Peter wrote it, it was what Jesus said. Preachers, let me say this too for the preachers out there. We immediately, whether you believe it or not, know it or not, we immediately lose our audience when we appeal to our own authority or our own education. Exactly. If we appeal to the authority of the Bible and say this is what the Bible says and so forth, we're not losing our audience. Or at least they can't shout out arrogance or look at this fella focusing on himself. We appeal to the authority of the Bible. Yes. So this is a good verse to close on. It's ten fifty nine. Um, this is the end of the of the of the program. Listen to this from Second Corinthians chapter five. Now, now then, we the apostles are ambassadors for Christ. How is that? How do we define that? It's as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. It's as if God beseeched you by us. Now, we are not ambassadors. We no. have no authority. The, they're, they're, and that may be, you know, we may need to make this a three or four-part series. That Next week, we may need to look at apistolic authority. Yeah, that's delegated so. authority. I we yeah. do so. I think, entire, we've been talking about I think Jesus, it would be very so, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An, entire, an entire lesson on apostolic authority. Yeah. All right. So, we have to almost do an episode on, I mean, how the Holy Spirit operates. They just, it. it just my mind because of that that idea, yeah. but but anyway, y'all we'll, can see why I say that. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But mm-hmm. we we may do that. We may do apostolic authority. So, um, 
Listen, we appreciate you so much. This is the We Talk Truth podcast with Brock Kendall, Aaron Dotson, and Tony Brewer. You can find us on wetalktruth.com. We'd hope you'd follow us on Instagram at nearchurches.com. And if you know anybody that's really good at making memes, uh, we really need somebody that can help us out. We need to, we need somebody that can make memes. We want to bring you on to the team, and uh, we want to. I want to give you. I want to give you some control on our Instagram account, and um, I really need some help making memes. So anyway. Um, if you if you if you if you think that might be you or somebody you know, give us a give us a shout out. Shoot me a private message, and uh, God bless you. And uh, wetalktruth.com. Go to the We Talk Truth group. And uh, anyway, we'll see you next week at eleven o'clock Central Standard Time. I'll be off. What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer with Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and we discuss them. Today, you're in for a treat. This is an old video of Brock Kendall, Aaron Dotson, and myself back whenever we were doing the We Talk Truth podcast in Arkansas. And uh, we're talking about authority. It's a really interesting conversation. Hope you enjoy it. I hope that uh, you tune back in tomorrow thursday because we'll have a regularly scheduled program but today i'm taking a little break and i've got this set up so glad you're all here hope you enjoy this hope you enjoy the podcast and uh yeah thank you so much remember like subscribe share cogitations on apple podbean or an apple podcast spotify TuneIn radio and podbean and also remember subscribe to our christianity now Substack. And uh, that's it. God bless you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Stay tuned for the program.